as as this this last few weeks meditating on uh, the passages of the season um, you know uh, you know of good friday palm sunday then the holy week uh, then yesterday easter uh, you know i would naturally had to go beyond easter you know and uh, was studying the word for um, what is there after easter and uniquely you know i've studied this before see uh, the great commission comes at the very end after easter but for the first time i saw a connection between the easter the resurrection and the great commission um in matthew we see you know in chapter 28 christ is risen and um, but the last few verses i'll read but the 11 disciples proceeded to galilee to the mountain which jesus had designated you know when they saw him they worshiped him but some were doubtful and jesus came up and spoke to them saying all authority has been given in heaven and on earth go therefore and make disciples of all nations you know baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit you know teaching them to observe all that i commanded you and lo i am with you always even to the end of the age suddenly there appears to be a urgency about the gospel being taken to the far corners of the world this is not great commission just visit when we need to talk about evangelism you know uh, you know taking it to the world this for me for the first time my eyes opened that this great commission springs out of his victory over death his urgency because he has just visited hell he has been with the dead and is proclaimed there as the word of god says but he knows the cost of death he knows the the the, the reality of death because he's been with the dead and that pushes him that pushes the pushback that he does is against that context that this needs to be proclaimed if to if this uh, way out of death is to be given for all it is you 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 need to take this to the far corners that's answered you know uh, you know the principle the fact behind it see there is no mention in all the four gospels there is no mention of christ after resurrection talking about his death nothing he does not talk about how unfairly he was treated 
The judgment was the past. He was treated badly and he was killed unfairly. Very injustice. Does not talk about it. All those are reality. Not just imagination, just few days old, 72 hours old. He does not talk about it. He does not permit the disciples to go there. The disciples are still seeing the world in pro-Christ and against Christ. And for them, in their mind, they are limited like us. We see them as for and against. Christ doesn't play into that, into that scenario at all. He does not give a list of groups to avoid. None of the Gospels. Don't go here, don't go there. These are bad people. No. He does not give you a list of people to go and, you know, finish up. No. He does not pass vengeance. His, uh, how he was treated. He doesn't perpetuate, perpetuate the lineage, the line of you know, violence and hatred. He is coming to us with a very clear mandate, singular mandate, nothing negative, nothing of his death, nothing of his suffering, or not even of how the disciples abandoned him. Neither of the priests and the scribes and the rulers, none of that, and neither about the treatment that he received from his own disciples who denied him, who abandoned him. Or saying, you know, I told you so. You know, wasn't I right when I told you that you will all leave me? None of that. None of that. There is no blame game. He comes to us pure and simple. Like an innocent child giving us one task. You've been witnessing. Take this gospel, all that I commanded you, take it to the nation, to all creation. One, one, one version says, you know, to all the nations. Matthew says, to all the nations. In Mark, in Mark chapter 16, Verse 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. All creation. He's not saying, avoid the Jews, avoid the religious Jews. They are bad for you. They were bad for me. They are bad for you also. No. He gives everybody, everybody a chance again. Go, take this good news, even to those who repeated me. Those who are the cause of my, my death, take it. Then my death would be useful for them. My blood would be available for them. My blood was needed. I had to shed blood. See the, see the largeness of his view. So you need to save people. You, 16, he who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved. Shall be saved. He who was not saved, because nobody saved him, he's now talking about a, his blood saving people. What a complete 
overturn, we would think that he'll come with vengeance. He does come with vengeance, of vengeance of taking the gospel to the far corners. A singular mandate to his people to take it, to take it to the far places. In Luke, it goes like this, verse 47, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. You are the custodians of this God laying down his life for the sake of humanity, for the forgiveness of sins. And he talks about wait, you know, the Holy Spirit will come on you. Singular commandment, right? Go. Singular command to us is to go. Not to mourn over the dead. Not to mourn over death. To save people from death. A singular command faces us this Easter morning. Easter Monday. We think the climax is Easter. Enemy thinks, you know, Good Friday is the climax. And we, we God's children think climax is Easter. In God's eyes, you know, climax is not Easter. Yes, it is a, it is a necessary climax in its own sense. But really, God's heart is not in him coming out of the dead. That was, that was given. His heart, his passion is not to escape death. His passion is to take this forgiveness message that there is a way of life. There is eternity with God. Death shall not limit you, will not conquer you. That is his passion. Because he's been with the dead. He's seen them. He was killed. He was dead. He was, he saw the consequences of sin and the fall, the consequences of fall. He saw death. That was not his mandate. That was the wages for what we did, for us missing the mark. We, we actually brought it on ourselves. This finality. And Christ broke that through, tunneled it from hell. He tunneled the way out. Tunneled the way out, not for himself alone. That's the beauty. He tunneled the way out to eternity. Life ever after. No death. He's recreating, my friends. He's recreating a new world, a new world order, a new earth, a new heaven, where there is no tears, no death. No diseases, no, no, nothing, none of what we have seen, what we believe uh, is all around us, and it is all around us. This last year, there's been so much of uh, loss of lives all over the world. And here, Christ is recreating a new world order, a new world, a new kingdom, where in his kingdom there is no more death. No one hates the word of God says. 
It's all gone. It's a new world. And he's showing us the way. He's tunneled it out. He said, whoever believes in me shall be, in this message, shall be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. Basically, they will condemn themselves. Mark 16, 16. But he who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved. But he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. Again, John, he talks to Peter. Feed, you know, you know tend my lambs. You know, feed my sheep. You know, tend my sheep. Calling him back into the singular mandate. My sheep, my lambs, take care of them. Feed them, they need to be taken care of. They need a master. I'm handing that purpose back to you. Be tender with them. Be gentle with them. Or ask to listen to this message this morning. Take it to heart. Everything around us is uncertain. Everything is in a flux, change, things we don't expect are happening right, left, and center. Things we don't anticipate are all around us. But in the midst of that, Christ's unchanging mandate, message for the world, for the lost, is forgiveness. That there is a way out. That for the sins that we have committed, there is a forgiveness way. There is a way out which is the blood of Christ. Accept the cleansing of the blood over our life. You and I have received it. If you have not received it this morning, ask Jesus to come and cleanse you. Then this good news is our mandate, becomes our mandate. Yes, you being in the marketplace, God's plan is to take this message into the marketplace through you, into the office through you, where nobody's talking about forgiveness. Everybody has accepted that life ends at death. It's all over. And that we have done so much filth that we deserve it. That's what the world is telling us. That it's all over. But here is Christ saying, you'll be made wider than snow. He'll renew you, renew your, your years, begin begins again, restores us again, and sends us back into the world. Innocent as thou. Again, to take this message of the cross. Our mandate is not over my Commanded is not over. The last two weeks, I've shared um, the gospel to about 12 people, strangers, all strangers, shopkeepers, people, short restaurants, people 
were at a hotel, room boys, you know, taxi drivers. None of them, none of them rejected the gospel. None of them, not one. All strangers, 12 different people. I shared the gospel, I prayed for them. None of them said, I don't want this God. There were people who removed their sandals, slippers, and prayed and received Christ. What I'm saying is, this is the time. The time that we have in our hand is the time given to us to speak the name of Jesus. This Jesus has been more than enough for us. Has been there when nobody was there. Has been there long before everybody, and he'll be there long after everybody leaves. He never left us alone. He never left you alone. This Christ's mandate for us is this. In a strange way, the Jews were a nation by itself. From Abraham. Word of God says they were a nation set apart, numbered. You know, Balaam, when he prophesies, he was asked to come and to curse, starts to prophesy, blessing Israel. It says a nation set apart. And that's who they were set apart for God. But here is Christ breaking even that paradigm. Not set apart, set apart for the gospel, for the world. You know, to just live by yourselves. So often we evangelical Christians can also be, I'm set apart, set apart for our good, for between God and me. Yes, in a sense, we are set apart for God. We are God's own possession, the word of Psalm says. God's own possession, God's own inheritance. But then Christ turns it around and says, you are a unique people. You've been mandated with the experience of God. You have experienced Jesus. And now that mandate is, is transforming the fact that you are set apart from the world. Now I'm sending you into the world as leaven to transform. The Holy Spirit is with you. The Comforter is with you. You can if all power is given to me, ask and it will be given. Seek, you will find. Knock, you will be open. You have authority. He's given us authority for his mandate. Great authority has been given. When we pray and take these steps, my friend, God honors our steps. God honors our efforts. Somebody plants, somebody sows, somebody waters, somebody else harvests. That's how the kingdom works. We don't need to do the whole thing and think that alone is ministry. Somebody else would have done the many blows. Then finally God brings you or me to that one blow and the rock cracks. Did it crack on my blow? No. It was on the shoulders of all those blows by somebody else. This 
is the is the tipping point. God wants to delight in us being useful in the kingdom of God. He sets it up for us. He gets others to sow, to clean, to water, nurture, and then he brings you and me to harvest. So he can dance around us and tell the enemy, here is my child, here is my daughter, here is my son. You know his past, but see what he or she has done for the kingdom of God. He wants our thumbprints on those tipping point situations so that he can dance around you and me and say, my child is this. There are opportunities all around us. Let's go into it with a very fresh view that this is the climax of history. This is the climax. Last time I spoke, a month ago, first Monday of March, I shared about Isaiah 54.2, enlarge the place of return. I believe that applies to this also in a very real way. Stretch the curtain, lengthen your cords, drive deep your stakes. I'm expanding, expanding your, uh, your, your areas, not just for business, not just for finances, very much for the kingdom of God matters. I would say more for this, then comes all the increase in the other places. His heart is hurting. He knows what eternity without God means. We don't know. He knows. He knows, he knows what eternity with God means. We don't know that either. I want to challenge you this morning. I want to challenge you, my friend. I don't know where you are in life. Christ knows. Christ knows the wounds that you have, the hurts that you have, the shame that you have overcome. He has stood with you, walked with you. The pain, every one of them, he has stood there. Every turn of life, he has stood there. He has been faithful, more than faithful. He is the one who is calling you and me this morning with no mention of his crucifixion, no mention of the injustice done to him, no mention of people deserting him. The crowd that was there the previous Sunday, Hosanna, save us now, become our king, you know, was now crying, save yourself now. Completely turned around. They laid their clothes on the road for him to, for the cold to step on. They were stripping him off his clothes. They were cutting down trees one day to wave and to put on the floor. They were making him carry cut trees. The next, completely, completely, completely. Hosanna cry one day, another day, crucify him, crucify him, away with him. None, no mention of that. No mention of that because that's us. It's the same us. I was there at the Hosanna. I was there at the crucifying. I was there at the abandonment. You and I were there. We abandoned him. And now he comes back to us. One, after resurrection, he says, 
you've been witnesses in my life forevermore. Take this message. In spite of our abandonment, in spite of our weaknesses, all our inner says, I'm with you. All power has been given to me. Go through the entire creation. Don't stop with language groups, nations. Go beyond the nations. What a day it will be when you and I are found in different parts of the world, are buried in different nations. What a beautiful testimony that will be if we are not buried in our own hometowns where we live, the church that we go, if you and I are buried in far corners of the world, what a glorious obedience of this mandate. Like the disciples were, they were not all buried in Jerusalem, my friend. St. Thomas Mount has one. You and I are witnesses to much, to much that God has done, much that God's people have done. How many cemeteries are there in our towns of missionaries who come from far places? And I want to challenge you. The climax of Easter is not Easter. The climax of Easter is the passion of taking the gospel to far corners. May God disturb us. May God use us. May He put compassion into our hearts for the lost. Shall we pray? Father God, we seek you this morning. In fact, you are seeking us this morning. In a very real way. You are seeking us. You are seeking us out. Out of our comfort zones. Out of our plans. Out of our puny little schedules. That we have written up for ourselves. For this week. For this month. For the summer. And you are standing next to us saying, when will you hear my mandate? When will my mandate become your mandate, my son, my daughter, my family, my children? Father, let your mandate become our mandate. Seek first the kingdom. And all these things will be added to you. May it be a reality in all of our lives. In the name we pray to